This is Grindhouse Courthouse After Hours. Welcome to After Hours Big Showdown in Little Tokyo. I am your host, Tom. I host After Hours now. That's what I do. Anytime it's happening after this, it's a mistake. <laughs> so, what did everybody really think about this movie? Let's get some honest opinions. <laughs> I honestly would watch it again. It was fucking funny. It was funny. Yeah. That's a funny movie. Yeah. It's too it's too fast to be bored. Like they cut yeah. it's it's lit, it's barely like it's essentially just a long episode of Game of Thrones length. It's not even a full movie mm-hmm. length. 79 minutes I Yeah, think 79 it was. minutes. So, again, it just it moves so quickly that you don't have time to process anything. Where you don't get a like a solid background of who Dolph Lundgren is. You get these forced flashbacks to understand, oh, yeah, he's from Japan, family murdered. Okay, now he's out to take down anyone that's part of the Yakuza, only if they're in L.A., though, because that's where his job is. That's where his main mission, his focus yeah. is. Well, it's like me. I've sworn to defeat the Yakuza <laughs> where I live, too. But uh... so far, so far, no Yakuza. Yeah, just, Tom, you're doing wow. a great job. Doing something, doing right? great job. Thank you. You've kept the scum out. <laughs> So I I am so curious about what was cut out and like I think for sure you guys are right that they had a backstory to the parents getting yeah. killed because not only did they have the dumbass clip but they mentioned what's his name Yoshida Kari Hiroyuki Hiroyuki Tagawa Adam can you please pronounce it Hold on hold on I have my notes again let's see if I can get it on the first go probably not Kari Hiroyuki no I don't understand how you can't can't pronounce it when There's you no read a it. It's right in front of you. Use your words. Kari. Uh, Hero. Yaki. Uh, Hiro. <laughs> okay, no, I'm not even going to bother. I'm not even going to bother. Shang Tsung. <laughs> oh, no, you got it. No, no, no. 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 We'll wait. We'll no. wait. We'll wait. We'll wait. We'll wait. I refuse, but. Kari Yakitori Mahi Mahi. <laughs> so this was a struggle for me. But no, like, so when Dylan's mentioning, yes, the, <laughs> the 18, the 20 minutes that was removed, you can actually see hints of it in the original trailer. Uh, I was watching behind the scenes of E.T., that hit TV show where they dive into drama and new movies. There is a scene where Dolph Lundgren is training in his penthouse uh, in L.A., and I think that probably established him going through flashbacks with his family, them being murdered. That's where it's set up. So I think that would be uh, something that was removed. Yeah, I think it's left in the movie itself because at one point Yoshida goes, your father also stood in my way. And you're like, what? Oh, yeah. Well, tell us. <laughs> Could we know anything about any of our characters? No? Okay. Okay. Nah, this movie's just bold enough. And I, I do appreciate a movie that is bold enough to just say, you know, this plot... <laughs> Throw it away. Who cares? Cut it out. Remove it. Let's just see some, like, uninspired action scenes where a dude uh, swims around underwater, gets stabbed, and then is double drowned? <laughs> Filled with water underwater. Double drown. Double drown. Yeah, what a scene. I need, some, um, I need David Attenborough to narrate that scene. I think that's what, the way that it's shot. Oh I think God. that's what I... Vicious Japanese sea orca. It can stay underwater for days without needing a single breath. Stay underwater for uh, tens of seconds. Unless, of course, it gets double drowned. Do you know how long they actually took to film this movie? Was it done in like a <laughs> <Probably>. month? <laughs> yeah, it's just, just one afternoon. No, like I think afternoon. it was... I, uh, I think this was a Kubrick-style production where they just had unlimited time and... No, I, I think it know, took them about three to four months right. to actually film this. But like Mark, Mark Lester was doing everything on set. Like they were trying to go to original places uh, such as like the, the tea house. So they were filming on location for a good chunk of this movie. That's kind of cool, I guess. 
is Showdown in Little Tokyo comparable to Commando? Because that's what's sticking in my mind, and it's just because of Mark Lester being the director for both, where we watch Commando, and it's just a fun time. Like, we put it on knowing what we're going to get, and we're just there for the laughs. Would we be able to carry this over for Showdown in Little Tokyo? I think we go that easy go-in drinking game. Yeah, there could, there's a drinking game to be had here. Any Anytime somebody dies, anytime... A problematic cultural stereotype is uh, is used again. Uh, anytime somebody's shirt gets ripped off, and they just sit there oh, flexing, that happens so many times. The in first this movie. we did we didn't mention this. The first ten minutes of the credits is just dark, dimly lit. Oh just yeah, damn it! Guy guy with a bunch of yakuza tattoos flexing with different weapons, like he's holding a sword and he's just like flexing his abs are there, and it's like then he's holding a. The smallest gun, a re- like an ob- ejection, like really tiny gun that is very strangely there. Some size, some, I don't know, throwing stars. It's very strange. I think by the end of this movie, we would be a mess. Is it now that we've watched like quite a few of these, is anyone else getting like starting to see like a pat? Like there's a dissertation to be written on like homoerotic and like very fragile masculinity in like 80s action movies. Like, there is a current in all of these. And it also has to do with, like, fetishism of mm-hmm. other cultures, but, like, very specific cultures. Yeah, and, yeah. like, it's very interesting comparing this to Hard to Kill because it is beat for beat, not the same movie. Although, actually, there's quite a few beats that are, like, especially, like, the fucking cop part and, like, running away to, like, a little hidden <laughs> dojo. So that's yeah. a bad example. But, like, but what's more what's more than that is this this idea that like the the main the main hero constantly has to be built up built up by everyone around him to the point where like Brandon Lee's character is fucking ridiculous. He exists only to build up Dolph, right? Like mm-hmm. he has no character developed for himself. He's like he, he's completely emasculated except for the times he does do martial arts. But like I don't know if any of you know like the story behind Bruce Lee. Oh, no, I was just going to say, yeah, it's a bit more on the nose with this one where, yeah, you look at those previous movies and you typically have the hero, like Steven Seagal, telling us these things, right? Like, it's just like, oh, I am so cultured. Go down to uh, Little Chinatown and uh, pick up this medicine so I can, you know, put acupuncture all over my body. and Pick up these herbs. <laughs> Take up this piece of paper. <laughs> but it's written in Mandarin, right? Like, he's so cultured. He's so, But exactly. It's like... He's so beyond. But now we actually right. have... It's just like, well, Dolph's not going to do that. Yeah. Maybe Dolph's a bit more humbler as a, an action star so he's just like no guys you know that's a bit that's a bit much so they're just like okay let's just give him a sidekick that tells us how awesome he is right like in this it just force feeds it and this is where we're seeing it a lot more or we're taking notice of it right well that's the key difference i think i don't think dolph buys the bullshit that he's actually playing yeah i think fucking steven seagal is probably the source <laughs> of the shit in his movies yeah <laughs> yeah he is mason storm that's that's yeah, not he, he lives it Dolph Lundgren, has a method. Dolph yeah. Lundgren is like a well-educated scandinavian man who's like i'll make millions of dollars sure but like, i don't think he buys exactly. all this shit like steven seagal does uh, but obviously the writer does and the right and but what what weirds me out is the brendan lee character because is it because he's chinese playing a japanese character that's not even it i i knew that they're gonna just fucking hire any asian and they don't really give a shit about differentiating mm-hmm. but what's more interesting is like number one he's hollywood royalty like he's he's bruce lee's son so i'm a bit surprised he had to go through this shit i got why bruce lee had to go through it right like he's coming from mm-hmm. hong kong cinema he has to like grind it out being the fucking sidekick to green hornet and shit and it took forever before they finally 
let him be the lead. But for his son to have to do that too is really surprising because it's a fucking shitty rule that yeah. they make Brandon Lee do. They let him do some martial arts. I guess, I guess that he was probably just young and like obviously he got the crow not too long yeah. after. This and that and, and that could have been part of it, right? Like that could have been part of his contract. It's like, listen, you have to do at least two of these terrible, terrible movies just to get some momentum behind you, and then you're going to do your own future future release of like you are the main star, and that's what the crow was. So. Yeah, Hollywood has mechanisms to build up stars right yeah that's why you see tom holland and everything because he's like young and he's willing to play the game to to get into things that's why he's nathan drake and spider-man right wait who's tom brandon holland? lee is he's not a nathan Parker. drake who's tom holland? Uh, he's spider-man oh okay there's andrew garfield there's toby Maguire. right and then there's tom holland right those are three spider-men <laughs> right not spider-boys spider-men who really came into their own spider-man <laughs> Spider-Boy. Right. Uh, yeah, I mean, and I think that's that's what's going on here is like they, they Dolph d- didn't, well, Dolph's career is weird though because he started playing the villains at a certain point, but he started like, I mean, fucking look at the guy, right? Like he was built to be an 80s action star and like mm-hmm. he'd already done quite a few, but I'm just thinking of like Universal Soldier and like he started playing baddies after a while, didn't he? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, this is one of his few good guy roles. Um, at least that I'm aware of. Because even when he came back for, like, the Expendables, right, he was still, like, the bad guy on the right. team. Oh, and then fucking... Um, he's traditionally Ivan a villain. Drago, so... Yeah. Uh, yeah, and, yeah, like, I mean, he played the best villain in all of the Rocky movies, right? Yeah. So, uh, I don't know. It, it's weird casting choices all around for this movie. Mm-hmm. Like, instead of Dolph Lundgren, maybe just have, like, an actual Asian actor who could do action. Yeah. Surely man. they exist, right? No, there was no chance that was happening. Yeah, this no, is yeah, this is a product of its time. It's like yeah. like you were mentioning, it's just the white Hugely knight so. story. This is yeah. this is the time when like the only roles available for Japanese or any any East Asian heritage actors would be essentially um Kerry Tagawa's role. He's just the, the the sneering bad guy in almost any thing he's ever played for like his entire career. Or you're just like kind of the wise sage sidekick that's there just to build up the masculine yeah, hero of the movie, kid. and that's that's where Brandon Lee falls into this. And yeah, talk about how big <laughs> your partner's dick is and stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's been like yeah, well, that's what was, and it's been like that for I don't know. I mean, not that much has changed in thirty years. Like now we're getting one of the Marvel characters is is uh, is an actual Asian character, but there's like five years ago an Asian Marvel character was a white guy. Because they were too afraid to cast somebody like that would actually which, fit the role. Which when are you talking about? Uh, Iron Iron Fist. Did anyone anyone watch that on Netflix? It's really bad. <laughs> yep. No, I don't watch Marvel Netflix stuff. Yep. Yeah, that one, that one was really bad. I don't know how far we've come since then, but like that's essentially the game that we're like. This is still this movie is still a product of its time. Like it's still problematic if you watch it in today's. Yeah from today's perspective, but I would like to think we've come farther than that, but yeah. I don't know. Well, it's it's chapter two uh, of the dissertation, the the appro- cultural appropriation of cultures who, like, you want to bring it in, but you don't want to actually have the people yeah. <laughs> who are it yeah. in it. It's like, well, we want to have, like, an Asian hero. We just don't want an Asian to do it. Does that make sense? And, like, yeah. to everyone in the 80s, they're like, oh, yeah, that makes total sense. We'll just have fucking... Like, Totally. This of course, giant, man. Of course, giant Swedish guy being Japanese somehow. <laughs> like, okay. Yeah, it's it's interesting that both of Everybody these uh, like Mark Lester movies, where these the hyper masculine American characters are both played by Scandinavian people, <laughs> between Commando and uh, and this one. Well, That's not an accident. You know, he fought for that in both. Right. It's like they've got to have muscles. Yeah. Why is anyone going to care if they don't, I don't have know if muscles? I classify Austria as, as uh-huh. part of Scandinavia, but 
Yeah, definitely would, not America. But, yeah, but um, you know, Eastern Europe. Yeah. It's over in Europe. <laughs> I don't understand it. It's a non non-American. <laughs> yeah. What do you mean, you people? But uh, yeah, but I think I think a lot of that that model of like Europeans playing American action heroes is just like the fallout of yeah. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Like he yeah. he's the dive from which everyone is kept, like cut. Right? Like it's. Yeah, it's all on the model. Like, there's no, there's no Jean Claude Van Damme. There's no Dolph Lundgren. There's no um, Lou Ferrigno. Well, maybe Lou Ferrigno. No, I don't think there is a Lou Ferrigno before Arnold breaks in. And then, it, but then they're like, they're so, they're so stuck in their ways that they're just like, well, now we should be casting European bodybuilders <laughs> in these roles because American audiences just fucking yeah. loved yep. it, right? Like, mm. even like, and we make fun of this, and like, so I don't know if they'll ever make it onto the podcast but like in some of the movies we watch they'll do that even though the script it makes no fucking sense why this heavily accented austrian is like on the police force in fucking milwaukee and you're like and no one acknowledges that this giant austrian is like there but they don't give a shit right like it's like i don't care it's it's... i liked when they had a giant austrian running an english (laughs) prison and not only an english prison but literally the (laughs) english prison Oh my god, it popped up on my, uh, not my Netflix, but one of my other streaming services, fucking Iron Mask popped up, I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> now I'm seeing it Just everywhere. Just trying to sucker you right back in there. Come on a grand adventure with us, Dylan. Yeah. Well, We're we gonna do... see Russia. <laughs> yeah. Alright, so I'll start off, we can just each do our own predictions. So we watch the trailer, and we always try to guess what the movie's gonna be about. So... I watched the trailer and I said, Dolph Lundgren is going to be an average American cop serving overseas in Japan. So he was born in Japan to a military, in a military family, and he moved back to LA. So half right, but he is a cop. He is in charge of taking down the Yakuza. I mean, not initially, he was just in a fucking dumpling shop and kind of got sucked into it, but uh, uh, that's what he ultimately became. Second in command is Shang Sun. So that's Carrie uh, Hiroyuki Tagawa. Tolerant Revenge. This is definitely Tolerant Revenge. <laughs> Quite literally. There's so revenge. much Tolerant Revenge in Like, this. I don't know what avenging your parents is, but it's like, gotta be like definition one of revenge. <laughs> and it's Tolerant because we don't know exactly why he murdered his parents, but the running <laughs> assumption as proposed by Tom was racism. <laughs> He's a fucking racist and killed these white people. That's why. Making the revenge. Totally tolerant. tolerant. Textbook definition tolerant revenge. Killing the intolerant. <laughs> Finale will be a sword. F- we saw the sword fight, so we knew that there was a sword fight. And I and I guessed right that it was going to be the finale. And there will be only one. <laughs> I need a, a Highlander reboot with Dolph Lundgren in it. Maybe he's going to be the, the bad guy in, uh, in the you're, next one. You're getting a reboot. I think they movie. are rebooting. Yeah, Henry Cavill. I know, but like... Uh, well, Henry Cavill I know, but I, was just But is, Dol- yeah, is Dolph going to be the villain? Mm-hmm. Is he going to be the... Or maybe Dolph could be Sean Connery's role. Dolph could be a Swedish <laughs> well, guy have to do playing some an Egyptian, uh, Spanish... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Dolph Lundgren is an Egyptian. Yeah, sure. <laughs> sure. No one's going to know. I essentially thought this would be like a, a Die Hard 3 template where he's like... Maybe they're... Bo- either of them... Or neither of them are going to be ta- cops, but they just get wrapped up into this this bad guy plot with the Yakuza. Uh, there will be lots of large shoulder pads, which was definitely true. The suits <laughs> the Yakuza are wearing this are bonkers. They're like four sizes too big. 
They have giant breasts, giant shoulder pads. It's all over the place. It's kind of cool, actually. Like nine buttons. You're like, yeah. how many buttons are on this suit? <laughs> all of them are wearing, except for the one sumo wrestling fat guy. Yeah, who just wearing, wearing Hawaiian t-shirts. Wearing, <laughs> wearing killer Hawaiian shirts, yeah. The oh, fucking wardrobe didn't have a size big enough. They're like, just wear this fucking Hawaiian shirt. Do you think they had to change the wardrobe for all the other members did- because of that? Because, like... There's like, we only have a Hawaiian shirt that would fit him, so you have to wear some tropical undershirt underneath your big suit. Because that's what they had, like, uh, during the, the tea house scene. Most of them have, like, floral patterns yeah. and their ties are all weird colors, so I wonder if they actually changed that up just due to that one man. Possibly, or it could just be I really think... shitty style. <laughs> or that. Really yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I'm waiting for it to come back. Giant suits to come back with flowery <laughs> shirts. And then I thought, like, the, essentially like, the rest uh, of Like, Steve Harvey, you know his suit pants? <laughs> like, they're, they're, like, so baggy. <laughs> I yeah. want that style to come back. Yeah. Steve Harvey, it's never went anywhere. You could see it every day no. on Steve Harvey. No. Price is right. Actually, don't know if he's still recording because of the pandemic. Has anyone asked how Steve Harvey's doing? Okay. Nobody shut has. Shut up I don't know. Steve Harvey now. And then I essentially thought the rest of the movie would be, like, yeah, Dolph Lundgren's girlfriend is captured and then fighting ensues. I thought also that... Dolph Lundgren's uh, accent would be awful in this, but I was completely wrong, and it was totally fine. I did yeah. not, and and in fact, I think his like pronunciation of all the Japanese words was like pretty spot on as well. So credit credit to Dolph. His yeah. acting may not be good, but maybe his at least his pronunciation is okay. He's got that weird Scandinavian thing where they they can just like perfectly mimic the North American accent. Like there's like a bunch of hockey players from like Sweden. You're like you're Swedish. Like, it's unbelievable how good their English is. Yeah. So it, it's no Jean-Claude Van Damme <laughs> where they have to explain why the fuck this guy is in America. <laughs> My parents, they own the wine shop and then this Japanese guy trained me to become a super warrior. And then uh, he uh, beat me and blinded me and then his son died and then I go to blood sport. <laughs> Yeah, you know, that was almost the entire movie. (laughs) You just need the end. Yeah, it was really good. I guess uh, I predicted a few things, too. Uh, I was really certain that the movie was just going to be that one scene in Rush Hour where uh, Chris Tucker and Jackie Chan become friends, where they're, like, standing outside, and then he's, like, they're singing songs, and then they would come together and and kill the Yakuza. And then at some point, because he's Shang Tsung, he would probably say he'll steal someone's soul or... You know, whatever. Surprisingly, no mention of stealing souls in this movie about Yakuza <laughs> dealing drugs. What a disappointment. Um, and we were also robbed of the scene where they become friends because it never really happens. They go from like almost shooting each other at the start of the movie to sort of working together to I've seen your dick and I think <laughs> I think great. that's where and that's where they that's where it clicks for them. Yeah, that's I guess. Well, yeah, you're right. I guess that's the scene. That's when they really become partners where he's like, bro. Suck your dick. And then it's like, we're, we're too busy for this right now. But in the back of his mind, Dolph Lundgren was still thinking about it. Like, hmm, he thinks I have a big dick. Hmm. I got Dolph just like, says thank you to him. How do you react? Thanks. <laughs> well, I mean, it's 1991. You're Dolph Lundgren. What else do you say to a guy like that, right? Like, I'll bash your gay brains out all over the pavement? Because I think that's what it would normally be, right? Like in a Steven Seagal film, Above the Law, that's definitely how he responds to it. Come on, he says, Steven, fuck you and die. Yeah, Steven Seagal, this is a Steven Seagal film. He was losing his fucking mind. He wasn't in this movie. And I've established exactly what was running through Dolph's head during that scene. <laughs> That's true. 
He's my only hope. I hope this guy can fucking handle himself against the Yakuza. Your dick, it's so big. Well, we're gonna fucking die. Alright. Rack shotgun. Oh, I guess we're fucking dead. Oh, uh, another quick thing before we move on from my designated time to speak. The most fucked up thing in this movie we never even talked about is when they're like wheeling on a stretcher with like one bag containing the body, one bag containing her head of the decapitated like <laughs> proto meth addict to the only one that they had in uh, California at the time. And this lady is following him out. You would assume she's like some other police officer in charge of working the crime, but it's actually the coroner who had all of this information about exactly what was in her body. Because she's like, yeah, a tox report came back. She had a bunch of meth in her. It's like, motherfucker, were you running that as you were wheeling her out of the fucking building? That's not how that works. She's really good at her job. Shouldn't you be in a morgue doing autopsies? She is too good at her job, and it's unbelievable. Okay. How do you Just like Dolph Lundgren not having the entire police department come down on him for like, you murdered a bunch of people in cold blood. Like, people saw you do it. Yeah, he got the There's medal no... of like honor for that. That's not something they give to police. Or maybe it is. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not sure how the police system works down there. How do you compare her nondescript police role to the sword analyst from Highlander? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're like That's... on the same level. <laughs> she just knows. That's another. That's another person who's like almost too good at their jobs where it's like, oh, yeah, you know, on Tuesday I was busy looking at a bunch of vomit on a subway because someone got stabbed and there might have been like shavings or whatever. You know, it's like the typical like you're doing things involving like nasty fluids and people who were hurt. But she also just pulls that sword shit right out of her ass. So maybe all police officers in these kinds of shitty movies just know everything and then leave the movie never to be seen again. Just, maybe that's normal. They just have every kind of expert on retainer, like, called sword drilling. We got another fucking beheading here with the sword. <laughs> Lady's busy. Very busy. A ninth century sword folded well before those <laughs> techniques actually uh, blah 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 blah. Yeah. Who's up next? I am. So I thought that Dolph was going to be just a generic B-cop, and his area is actually Little Tokyo, so that was his block to protect. And then the whole movie was just going to be him fighting the Yakuza on that block and to get it to them. And like, it takes nothing... place in real time, just 90 yeah. minutes of a dude running down a street, just <laughs> knocking people out, shooting dudes. <laughs> just like, it's just him doing his job on like the beat. I didn't think there was going to be anything special. And yeah, I didn't think he was going to get anything particular on the gang. Kind of happens. He just kind of does his job, takes down the Yakuza. Nothing happens after. Yeah, he just gets an applause from that's those that from that bunch of strangers in the parade, and then that's it. On the street? On he he impaled street. a dude into like a bunch of fireworks, and then the fireworks lit up and it exploded. He's going to jail, that's right? <laughs> By the way, that scene looked like an episode of Super Dave Osborne. You know, you know, and like you can totally tell. <laughs> oh my God. Where they tell, they just like throw a dummy off of that. Exactly it's just a mean. big bunch of flailing. <laughs> I just want to watch Super Dave yeah. Osborne now. Right, can we do that? It'd be way better. Adam, what? Adam? Oh yeah, okay. Adam, do yours. I thought the movie was just going to follow the same format of all 80s and 90s buddy cop movies. So like think Lethal Weapon, Lethal Weapon 2. Just like an unlikely pairing coming together where Dolph Lundgren was that lone wolf and he just doesn't play nice with anyone. So having a partner just brings him down. But really, it's what brings him up. I also thought the Yakuza are becoming more of a threat. Uh, so they were having a drug problem before, but they're rising up in the city and this is where Dolph Lundgren needs to come in. Also, I thought that the Yakuza were going to actually kidnap his girlfriend and that was his buddy or partner's sister. So that brings them together in order to fight 
so that's their main main cause of coming together. And then I just thought the last minutes was just going to be them kicking the crap out of everyone with no consequences, which we saw. I'm happy with mine. Which, yeah, is exactly what happened. Yeah. Yep. Spot on. All right, my dudes. That was a very long, difficult episode. But it was also a rare case where we all say, you should watch this movie. So mm-hmm. we'll, we'll conclude after hours with that. Cue outro music. And we'll catch you next time. <laughs>